Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the centre of Cardiff, dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Well, morning. Great to see you and great to have you connected with us at home as well. We're in our sermon series called Saturated, where we're exploring the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Uh, understanding how we can be filled with God's presence and power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an amazing experience that's available to every Christian. And so far in our series, we've been exploring um, how to, uh, understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, we believe that one of the most desperate needs in the church around the world today is for women and men to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And our heart here at City Church is we want to see lives transformed and we want to see our city changed. We believe that the way that happens is by Christians being filled to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in this series, we've looked at the what and the how so far. And if you've missed those first couple of messages, please let me encourage you to catch up on those on our podcast or on YouTube. These are brilliant messages, and we really believe that this is a pivotal series for the life of this church. But today I want to look at the why. Why it is so vital that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Why I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit shouldn't just be an optional extra for Christians. It shouldn't just be something that we decide whether we take or leave, but is in fact a vital part of our walk with God. My sermon today is entitled, The Impact of Spirit Baptism. The Impact of Spirit Baptism. I want to talk today about the impact and the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why we need the Holy Spirit and what he does in us and through us. In us and through us. The Holy Spirit gives us power for living. He helps us in our relationship with God. He helps us to develop and grow that relationship. He helps us to become more like Jesus. He's God living in us, giving us the power to follow his will. You know, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he's the one that helps us in our walk with Jesus. What an amazing gift that God doesn't just leave us to figure it out for ourselves, but in fact gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can follow in his ways. But the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit are not just for us. It's not just this wonderful gift for my sake. God's intention in filling me with the Holy Spirit is not just for my sake, but for the sake of others. And God's intention for you is the same. Yes, he wants you to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, but he wants others to benefit from that too. In Acts 1.8, Jesus tells the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit empowers us for mission. He comes and fills us to be witnesses for Jesus. We're given power when the Holy Spirit comes on us so that we can witness to Jesus out there in the world. The Spirit doesn't want to just dwell in you. He wants to break out through you. He doesn't want to just live in you. He wants to break out through you. And as his presence overflows from within you, you can be a witness for Jesus in your community and in the world around you. So we're empowered to become like Jesus, and we're empowered to be witnesses to Jesus, to show the world Jesus. 
to show people that they're loved by God, to show people that God has come to save them, that Jesus came to die and he rose again so that we could have new life, a new hope-filled life with him. So I want to dive a little bit more into what this actually looks like in practice. And in this series, you'll have noticed that we're working our way through Acts chapter 19. So I'm picking up from verse 8, where we read about the impact of being filled with the Holy Spirit on the Apostle Paul's life. So Acts 19, reading from verse 8. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, so Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who live in the lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. So the first thing that we read in this passage is that the Apostle Paul spoke with boldness. He spoke with boldness. Verse 8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Here Paul is preaching the gospel to Jews. He's speaking with the boldness that the Holy Spirit has given him. And the word that's used here for Paul speaking boldly is, is literally like freedom of speech, the freedom to say everything, the freedom to speak all. It means that Paul isn't restrained by any fear or timidity. He's not hindered by any kind of uh, fear or, or hesitation. Last Christmas, our eldest was in her first nativity here at City Church, and she was super excited about it and told everybody all about it. One day, Dominic and I were picking her up from nursery, and what they tell you at the end of the day is what, what's happened um, during your child's day. They give you a kind of a bit of a rundown. And that day... The nursery worker said to us that Ariella had been telling them about Jesus and that she'd said Jesus was God. And then she asked the nursery worker, do you know the names of all the people in the Bible? Now, apparently, when the nursery worker said, no, I don't, Ariella said, do you want me to tell you? And I love, I love that confidence. <laughs> and when we got back into the car, we asked her about this conversation and she talked like it was the most normal thing in the world. Of course, she'd be telling people about Jesus. Of course, she'd talk to people that she knew about Jesus. She spoke like it was the most natural and normal thing in the world, because of course it is. But how many of us know that when you get a bit older, it becomes a little bit harder? How many of us know that sometimes sharing about Jesus can feel that little bit more awkward and a little bit less natural than we'd hope? Maybe we've become aware of people's reactions. Maybe we've experienced some sort of judgment or negative reaction when we've tried to talk about Jesus. But regardless of what, it's, what it is that we're facing, whatever situation that we encounter, the Holy Spirit brings us courage. The Holy Spirit can help us to overcome our fear. He really does bring courage out of fear, clarity out of chaos. You know, Paul's isn't the only example in the book of Acts of followers speaking about Jesus boldly. In fact, believers in Jesus speak boldly about him, even in the face of severe opposition, in Acts chapter 4, for example, we read about Peter and John who, after being released from prison and threatened not to speak about Jesus, they pray with the other believers. It says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly, 
They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the result was they spoke with boldness. They spoke with boldness, despite what had happened to them and what potentially would happen to them. They asked for boldness, and they received boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even though fear would have been a natural reaction in that circumstance, even though it would have been really normal to feel frightened about sharing about Jesus, they asked for boldness, and they received boldness to be able to preach the word. You know, many Christians around the world face unimaginable persecution for their faith. People who face um, imprisonment and potentially even death for sharing about their faith. And yet, in so many of their countries, people become Christians at incredible rates. The word of God spreads even in the darkest and the hardest of places. The passage that we're reading in Acts chapter 19 is a great reminder about what our responsibility is. Now note that Paul uh, argues persuasively about the gospel, but some people don't believe. Even though he's persuasive, they still don't believe. It's not our responsibility what people's reaction is, but it is our responsibility to share about Jesus. It is our responsibility to preach the gospel, to speak to people about Jesus. The boldness that the Holy Spirit can give us can completely change the way we think about sharing the gospel completely change the way in which we um, imagine or share or, or have courage in order to be able to speak about Jesus. When I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit, I remember a few days later, I was having a conversation on the phone with a, a friend of mine. And previously, I'd told her about this new habit that I'd found of going to church. Um, I'd been a Christian, I'd, I'd made a commitment a couple of months beforehand. And I told her about church, but I'd never mentioned Jesus. And yet a few days after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I found myself on the phone to her talking about Jesus. And it was just really natural. I just started telling her about Jesus and, and the difference that he was making in my life. And it wasn't weird. And it wasn't awkward. Now, don't misunderstand me. It's not always easy and straightforward to tell people about Jesus. It's not always as straightforward as we'd hope it would be. But the Holy Spirit gives us courage that means that instead of avoiding the subject with people or instead of kind of waiting for them to ask us a question in a really open and curious and non-threatening way, that in fact we can share with people about the good news of Jesus. So let's read on in our passage from verse 9. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So after preaching in the synagogue for three months, some of the Jews became hard-hearted. They didn't want to believe about Jesus. They didn't want to believe the gospel. So Paul leaves the synagogue and goes to the lecture hall instead to the Gentiles, to the non-Jewish people. He decides he's going to go and speak to the non-Jews. The Holy Spirit gives us a boldness to witness and a wisdom to know where to go a wisdom to know who to speak to and where to go and speak to them. God opens doors. God is the one who moves hearts. God is the one who works in situations, and he shows us where to go and who to speak to. This is the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. We're filled with him, and he guides us to the person or the people who he's calling us to witness to. 
Paul went daily to the lecture halls to share the gospel. He was likely working in the morning and the evening in a hotter climate. The middle of the day would have been kept for rest and uh, sleep potentially. But Paul decides he's not going to rest. He's going to go daily and have conversations and discussions and preach the gospel. Paul had these daily discussions and he knew the scriptures. He knew the scriptures well. And this is what it's like to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he helps us to understand the word of God. You know, as Pentecostals, we are a word and spirit people. We are committed to the Bible and we are empowered with the Holy Spirit. This is the wonderful thing. The more we read the Bible, the more we'll have a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the more we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the more that we want to get into the word of God. Do you see how that cycle goes? It's an incredible combination. Word and spirit, gifts from God. Paul debated and discussed for about two years in the lecture hall, and everyone in the region heard the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit can give us the wisdom to know where to go and the wisdom to know what to say. When it comes to speaking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit can help us with the right words. About 15 years ago, a book called The God Delusion was on the top of bestseller lists. Um, It's written by a well-known atheist called Richard Dawkins. You've probably heard of it. And Richard Dawkins makes claims that um, not only believing in God is delusional, but it's also harmful. Now, at the time that this book was on the kind of top of the bestseller list, I was working in a charity, and in my team, there were a lot of atheists, and they loved this book. They absolutely couldn't get enough of this book. Now, many of you will know when you work with people, particularly people you get on with, you get lots of opportunity to have conversations. And we were a team that got on well with each other, and we had lots of opportunity to have conversations. And they loved talking about religion. They loved talking about religion and faith and God and delusions. And because of these conversations that we'd have week in, week out, every Sunday night, I would spend the evening looking up what had been on the news and whether it could be related to religion in any way. I'd look up any programs that had been on that could be connected to Christianity. I'd try and read up on some of the conversations that we'd been having Um, that would be to do with faith and to do with belief. And I would pray. I would pray for wisdom. That on the Monday morning, when I went into work, I'd know which conversations to get involved in and which not to. I'd know what to be able to say in the power of the Holy Spirit, not relying on my own knowledge. God gives us wisdom if we want it. James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. In order to be witnesses for Jesus, the Holy Spirit empowers us with boldness and he gives us wisdom. Let's continue on with our passage, reading from verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. So the Holy Spirit gave Paul boldness and wisdom, but also worked miracles through him, extraordinary miracles In fact, people were cured of illnesses. Evil spirits left people. God brought healing and freedom to people, and he worked through the Apostle Paul. You know, as with many miracle stories in the Bible, this is another fascinating insight into how God chooses to work. Here with Paul, it says that even the handkerchiefs and the aprons that had touched him were used, and people were healed. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word handkerchief, I kind of imagine those nice embossed, embroidered uh, little cloths that you maybe get in packs of three and give to your granddad for Christmas, that kind of thing. This is not what this is. Get that image out of your head if that's what you're thinking. Handkerchief would have referred to a sweat cloth, 
So either would have been tied around somebody's head as they were working or picked up and used to wipe away the sweat. These were Paul's work clothes. The handkerchiefs and the aprons were what Paul would have used when he was making tents. Paul's a tent maker alongside his ministry. You know, it's, uh, God uses these ordinary, very plain, ordinary work items to bring the extraordinary. God does miracles through Paul's everyday work while he's making tents. What are the ordinary parts of your life that God might want to work through? What are the ordinary parts of your day-to-day life that God might be wanting to do the miraculous through? Are you even open to the Holy Spirit working in your daily, everyday life? Some of you will have heard me say before that I used to live on a houseboat. And not only was living on a boat pretty fun, but also the location was excellent. We were moored on the Thames and it made for some exciting days in boat life. One of which was the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Because on that day, over 600 boats were due to parade down the Thames right past where I lived. So beforehand, before the day of the event, um, the river police came onto our boat to inspect it. Still unclear what they were looking for. Cannons, maybe, not sure. But they came onto the boat to come and inspect the boat. And they also told us that we were limited in the number of people that we were allowed on the boat for security reasons. Because as well as the 600 boats that were coming down, the Queen herself was actually coming down the river on her boat as well. So for security reasons, we were limited with a number of people. So our guest list for our party invites were very exclusive by this point. So we drew up our invite list, and on the day, we put up bunting on our boat. We made loads of party food. We dressed up in 1950s outfits to mark the fact that 60 years had passed. And it's the first and only time that I've ever held a party where everyone was early, because, of course, nobody wanted to miss seeing all the boats go down the river, and also because the banks were getting really full, and so people didn't want to be elbowing their way through the crowds to be able to get onto the boat. Now, that day, apparently it's reported that about a million people lined the banks of the Thames to be able to watch this boat parade, or flotilla, I think is the official word. And while we were having our party, there were a couple of people on the banks behind us that shouted across and asked, how much for a ticket to get onto the boat? Now, of course, we weren't selling tickets, and we were limited in our numbers as well. But at that point, it really struck me that we were part of it. We were actually on the river. We were actually in the thick of the action. And so much so that there were people who wanted to be able to get onto the boat. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, do you want to be an observer on the sidelines? Or do you want to be part of what God is doing? Do you want to be standing observing what's happening? Or do you want to be in the thick of it and allowing God to use you for the Holy Spirit to be in you and working through you? You know, this isn't the only occasion when the Holy Spirit moves through the seemingly ordinary. In fact, God's got a bit of a habit of working through ordinary items and ordinary people. The woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. People um, had Peter's shadow walking past them, and they were healed. God has repeatedly used ordinary things and ordinary people. And what is the result? God gets the glory. We don't worship handkerchiefs and aprons. We worship God because the miraculous always points to Jesus. Miracles always point to God. Now, let me just make one point clear here. These handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched Paul, they're referred to as being taken to the sick. Note that it doesn't say they were sold to the sick. And it doesn't say that you sign up with a subscription and they will be sent to you. It didn't say that Paul was saving up for a second private jet and therefore he had to up the price of his apron. They were taken to the sick. 
God works through the ordinary. God works through ordinary, faithful, spirit-filled people. And the impact can be extraordinary, extraordinary things. Let me ask you, what are the handkerchiefs and aprons in your life? What are the handkerchiefs and aprons in your life? What are the everyday things that you do that God might want to be working miracles through? Maybe it's phone calls to customers as part of your job. Maybe it's the conversations that you have when you walk past your neighbor on your walk around the block every day. Maybe it's the webinar that you're running at your university. Whether you're a friend, a sister, a brother, a mom, a dad, a nan, or a granddad, whether you're retired or studying or bringing up children or working in a shop or a hospital or a school, whether you're fixing people's plumbing or arranging their internet, God can work through you. God can do extraordinary things through you. If you're sitting there saying, who, me? Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you is what God says. This is the beautiful thing. What God calls us to, he equips us for. And he's called us to be his witnesses in the world. And he equips us with the power of the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he empowers us for living and he empowers us for mission. He empowers us to be his witnesses in the world. We're given a boldness to declare Jesus, a boldness to declare the good news, to share about the good news that Jesus loves and forgives us. A freedom and a courage that in it is completely supernatural. We couldn't muster it up by ourselves. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can exhibit that kind of boldness. We're given a wisdom of where to go, of who to talk to and what to say even. The Holy Spirit guides us and prompts us when we're talking about Jesus. And we're used by God to, for him to perform miracles through us. Even through our ordinary, everyday lives, God can do extraordinary things. So the impact of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is boldness, is wisdom, and is miracles. But the result is people coming to know Jesus. People come to know Jesus when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. People come to know Jesus when we are filled to overflowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, you and I get to be empowered to be God's witnesses in the world, to tell people about the wonderful news of God's salvation. That's good news, isn't it? We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.